Amen. Lord, good, isn't he? Believe that in my whole heart. Now, I'm going to attempt to do something over the next two months, probably, or midweek when I am up here. Um, you know, use it for a time to try to help the core of our church grow. And um, that is going to be my, what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm, I'm going to read Second Peter 3 and verse 9. I have several verses here I'm going to read. Second Peter 3. These verses always have intrigued me. <clears throat> Talk from them a, a little bit, but <clears throat> I'm going to attempt to unpack these scriptures over the next little bit. Uh, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering to usward. I'm glad that he's long-suffering towards us. Because I bet I get on his nerves sometimes. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But, he got a but in there. He wants everybody to be saved, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Basically, he said, look, we got all this stuff coming on us. We need to think about what kind of person we are. And then he proceeds over the last part of this, this chapter to give multiple things that we should probably take heed to. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation, godliness? And he says, looking for and hasting into the coming of the day of God, Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. It's the same thing he's just talking about. The day of the Lord. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. He said, Nevertheless, we according to his promise. Look for new heavens, new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Be diligent. I say diligent. That you may be found of him in peace. Without spot and blameless. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written to you. He's just referring back to Paul's writings. Paul's got majority of the New Testament. He says, also in all the epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things are hard to be understood, which say that our unlearned and unstable rest 
as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Lord, help us today. We love you. We thank you. Help us, God. This is the core of our church. Midweek service is the core of the church. It always has been, Lord. Those who value the church, your kingdom more than anything, God, are those who show up midweek, God. And I pray you would stretch us. You would uh, grow us, God, over the next little bit of time, Lord, in your precious name. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. This is an introduction tonight to something I'm going to talk about in the next probably couple months. But I would say that we are remarkably close to that day of the Lord. Surely we are so close. A few of the headlines today as I went and looked on End Time Ministries, Brother Baxter's website, to see some of the headlines that he had of of um, end time news. He said, politician banned from Twitter for claiming men cannot get pregnant. A church in Scotland is to kill saying husband and wife. I'm not going to say husband and wife no more. I don't know why. Colorado sites to accept digital ID. I'm going to see more and more of that stuff. Uh, it says across Europe, there's a mass protest against Israel. Imagine that. I didn't click on these. I just was looking at some of the, the headlines that had this is within the last week or so. It said second Biden official supports global tax. We see more and more of this global stuff. Lebanon is battling swarms of locusts. No doubt you've seen earthquakes. You've seen floods seen all the craziness no doubt you've seen Israel has been in a very intense exchange of warfare no matter what anybody believes concerning Jesus is coming whether we be pre mid or post tribulation we believe that Jesus is going to come back before the rapture I mean before the tribulation middle of the tribulation or after the tribulation Jesus is coming soon. And as I said with this present conflict in Israel, I would think it would cause the casual person just to perk up a little bit. But surely us, children of God, surely us being core of a church, surely it would cause us to realize we are close to the end time. We say more than end time. I think we're in the end time. We are close to the coming of Jesus. If we were to believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, we're going to go before the tribulation, then Jesus could come as we speak right now. According to the pre-tribulation 
uh, doctrine that, that is preached out there, and I'm not going to tell you I know which. I've always kind of felt more like it was a post, but if I'm going to vote, I'm going to, I'm going to say pre. I, I want to go before all this stuff happens. But if we were to believe it pre-tribulation, then there's nothing left. Jesus could come at any moment. There's nothing stopping him. According to the pre-tribulation uh, uh, teachings, everything has been fulfilled. And the only thing that we're waiting on is Jesus to split the eastern skies. There's nothing left to be fulfilled but his return to get the church. If I'm somebody listening to this on the podcast, I'd be scared to death if I wasn't living right. I guess if I was somebody in church, I wasn't living right, I'd be scared to death. And if we were to believe in the post-tribulation rapture, which starts at the signing of the peace treaty, then the beginning of the seven years tribulation period would start immediately after the uh, signing of the peace treaty, meaning that uh, there would be only seven years left before the rapture of the church. Chastity, we are literally, could be weeks, months from a peace agreement being signed. I mean, all we need is one more confrontation like it's been going on, and they're supposed to be maybe having a ceasefire with Israel and Hamas, but who knows if that'll happen or not. If Europe was all, if all of Europe was already upset at Israel, I mean, here we go. We could have a blow-up of something, then we'd have a peace treaty signed. And that would literally let us know. Seven more years to the coming of Jesus. So whether you believe in a, a, a pre-trib, a post-trib, or a, um, a mid-trib, we literally, I feel like, are within 10 years of the coming of God. And I, now, uh, he may put a hold on things. He may just put a hold on it for a while. I, I guess that can happen, but as fast as things has been advancing lately, I don't see how, Brother Texas, the Lord is just going to come soon. So truly, we're living in the last days before the coming of Jesus or the day of the Lord that the text is talking about. But in our text tonight, the Apostle Peter said, um, in verse 11, it said, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be? What manner of person? Go ahead and put it up there. I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to unpack these scriptures. I want to talk about the, the end time saint. We have both the privilege and the responsibility of living in the end time. When you think about um, when you think about the scriptures and you think about maybe we were born for such a time as this. We were born in this time. The greatest time ever known to mankind. And I'll be honest with you. If Jesus doesn't come back very soon, I want him to take us out of here anyway. I don't want to continue living 
in, in this society where uh, they want to tell me that I can't call her my wife because I might be uh, putting a gender distinction on her. Trust me, I know she's a woman. But yet we're living in a generation that's crazy and getting crazier all the time. And I don't think we can live like people did 30 years ago. I'll go farther than that. I don't think we can live like we did 15 years ago when we started the church. Chastity, we're living in a different time. So this is why I want to talk about this. What does... This end time saint, what should we look like? What should we be like? I think, number one, we probably should be like um, a saint of God, period. You know, a child of God. Now that We should be, but if anything, we ought to be more intense. We ought to be more focused. But no doubt, the quote that I gave us earlier of Corey Ten Boom, that if the devil uh, can't get us to do bad, then he'll get us busy. So that's what he's done to our generation. He's got us so busy. But he, Peter asked the question. He said, you know, the, the day of the Lord's at hand, so what manner of person should we be? He said, if we know that the, Lord's, the day of the Lord is on hand, then how should we be? The time for casual Christianity has got to be over. The greatest revival that has ever been in this world, it's being prophesied to be upon us right now. This coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And we need the house of God full and let people experience what this is about, about Pentecost, praise God. This world needs to experience Pentecost. But the Texas, they need to experience what I have experienced. I have been born again of the water and of the Spirit, and so have you. And we need to be about the business of the kingdom of God. And I think that we can learn a few things from Peter in these verses. Like I said, over the next several weeks, it, it, may, take a month, it may take a couple months for me to really dig into this like I'm envisioning to do. But uh, I just want to give us this intro tonight, and I'm going to close this out tonight with something that's not with, with uh, second Peter with the second Peter text that I've got, but there's something that I just feel like it kind of goes with it. But Peter asked, he said, what manner of person ought we to be because we know the day the Lord's at hand? Think about that. We can put it on this kind of perspective. If, if I knew a loved one of mine's last day that they was going to be alive was this day, how would I act? What would I do? What would I do with them? Right? If I knew that one of my good friends were going to die within the next day or two, and I had an exact date. We don't know the exact day the Lord's coming. And I had the antidote that could cure him of whatever disease he's got. Would I just hang on to it? Peter was letting us know, he said, what manner of person ought we to be? Because we know the day of the Lord's at hand. We know that he's about to come. Peter went on to say uh, that 
what manner of person ought we to be in some certain areas. He didn't just say what manner of person ought we to be, but he said, look, I want you to know what manner of person you ought to be. And then, and then he says several things that I think we ought to pay attention to that this end-time saint should look like. And he, he said what manner of person, this word manner, it means from what country, nation, or tribe, this word manner right here, what sort or quality, what manner of person or things. He said, look, what, if you know the Lord's coming, people all know what tribe you're part of. People all know what country you're from. Nowadays, people look at us and think, what country are you, where are you from? If you try to live righteous and holy and, and do the right things. I'm not from this place. I'm from out of this world. But, but what things is he talking about? So I'm going to quickly name a few of these things. that now, I don't know. Some of these may get mixed together, and I, I'm not going to go through all these. Just kind of touch base on each one of them here tonight real quickly. But I want you to take these scriptures yourself. I want you to, over the next few weeks, dig it out yourself. Go through get you a, a Bible dictionary. Most of us, if you've, got a, if you've got a phone that's got your Bible on there, it's got the definitions in there, and you can look it all up. Look this up for yourself, and let's study this, because we are in the end time, and we need to figure out how we need to be living in this end time, because Peter said, what manner of person should you be? And I have an idea. Well, just let me get into some of it. He said, first thing he said, in what manner of person ought you to be in a holy conversation? He put some emphasis on the fact of our conversation. And we need to unpack this down uh, down as we go with this and just realize that the first thing he said is look if you know the Lord's coming what kind of speech should you have and he just didn't say any kind he said holy conversation and just that's that's our that's our manner our life our conduct our behavior he said in godliness I, I may not be real long with this tonight this is just kind of an introduction to where I'm going here, but I'm just going to touch on these, but I'm going to dig on them as, as I go through this. But in godliness, godliness is, is it's holiness. It's, it's, it's our reverence, our respect. It's our, our piety towards God. That's what godliness is. What kind of respect and reverence do we even have towards God? And, and this, this one right here is one that really bothers me in our generation right now. He said... After it said holy conversation, you got the scriptures up there? Good. Uh, the next part is that looking for and hasting unto the coming of the Lord. That word looking means to anticipate in thought of hope, <laughs> expectation. Looking for, waiting for, hasting means, it means to strengthen, speed it up, urge it on, or await eagerly. And we have such a generation in a church world right now that eternity, this is, this is what he's talking about. We, we, we're, we should be looking for and hasting to the, his coming, which is focusing on eternity. But we're so earthly focused, we don't realize that there is an eternity. 
Jacob and them started that little series on their, uh, their podcast the other night talking about it. It says people's living like they're just going to live forever, but we're not going to live forever. As an end-time saint, we need to, especially this time we're living in, we need to be looking for and hasting into that coming. Realize it's coming, but let's don't go by ourselves. We need to get everybody we can, pull them in the house of God, love God with everything we got. Then we can back up and look at the other thing. But if we're going to look for this and hasting, then we got to think about, well, what's my conversation look like? Have I got some godliness going on? And he, and he goes on to say, let me unpack that a little better there. He's his Coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervor and heat. Look at the next one. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens, a new earth. He's just continuing this thought of, hey, think about the eternal weight of it. Think about eternity. We're, this is the day of the Lord is coming. He says, thinking about this. We're in dwelleth righteousness. We're, we're for beloved, seeing that you look for such things. He said, if, if you're looking for such things, he said, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace. We need an end time saint needs to have some peace. Why? There's another scripture that I'll bring out later that, that says that we need to have an answer when people come to us of the hope that we have inside of us. Let me tell you something. If we don't leave this world in a pre-tribulation and we go through this thing, even if we don't go through this thing, there's going to be some things that's coming upon us. People's going to come to you and they're going to be saying, Man, what's going on? An end time saint needs to have the answer. Let me tell you what's going on. Jesus is fixing to come back. This is this, is this world trying to set up an antichrist. This is this world trying to set up the end time. And we got to be ready because we're not from this world. And we got to get out of here. So he's saying, get, and let me tell you what, if we don't have peace, if we don't have this peace that he's talking about right here, and he said, be diligent. That word diligent here means to hasten, to make haste, to exhort oneself, endeavor, give diligence to. Right here it means that we got to be, give a lot of diligence, a lot of haste in the fact that we need peace. This is the end time saint. And this, this piece has got all kinds of different definitions that I'll go over through some of it, but th this one is, uh, the, is of Christianity, the tranquility of state of soul, assured of his salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that it is. So we need such a peace that we're, 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 uh, we have salvation, and we're not afraid of God. We're not afraid of this world. We're not afraid of the Antichrist. This is the end time saint. We're walking through this world and we know who we are. We know where we're going. And we have an answer for people. 
This world needs answers. These people we work with, we brush shoulders with at the supermarket, they need an end-time saint to encounter them. He goes on to say, without spot and blameless. That's some powerful words. This word spot from the Thayer's Dictionary is so basically it's saying from uh, sin, approachable, uh, free from vice, unsoiled. In other words, that people can't just say that, hey, yeah, they call themselves a Christian. Blameless. Cannot be censored. No matter how bad they may try to censor us, they can't censor us because we know what we have. We know what we're talking about. Go, go to the next scripture there. there. It's the count that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, hath written to you, and also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. He's saying, look, Paul sometimes talks above our head, and he's kind of hard to understand it. I'm just a fisherman. But nevertheless, he said, which they that are unlearned and unstable, it's not, it said rest, but it's not rest. Yeah. As they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Go to the next one. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. The end time saint needs to have some steadfastness. Firm condition. Firm mind. An end time saint needs to settle in its mind. It knows what it believes. And we need to have, and I'll get into this, but we need to have some, some uh, 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 things that they're non-negotiable. Prayer, it is non-negotiable. We have to pray every day. Studying the Word of God, it is non-negotiable. We need it in our life every day. Faithful fellowship with the saints of God. It has to be a non especially in this hour we're living in right now, it has to be a non-negotiable in your life. Because in this hour, in other times maybe you could get away with missing a church service here and there. You can't do it now. Next thing you know, you're going to be missing a lot of church. I've been doing this too long. I've seen it happen. And the closer we get to the end time, the worse this thing gets. And he goes on to say, grow in grace. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to, what, what he's saying, look, if we're this end time saint, we just can't, we got to have this stuff, but we got to keep growing. We've got to keep growing. We can't stop growing, all right? 
So, I'm going to unpack that a little better as we go over the next few weeks. But, uh, I, I said I'm not going to be real long this night, but I'm going to be just a few more minutes here and close it out with this. It's 1 Chronicles chapter 11, 22 and 23. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man. This is 1 Chronicles chapter 11, 22 and 23. The son of a valiant man, Kabzel, or however you would say his name, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He, he went down and slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day and he slew an Egyptian a man of great stature five cubits high and in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam he went down with a staff plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear I think the end time saint should maybe look a little bit like Benaiah. And what I mean by that is this. Benaiah, he, he was one of the king's mighty men. He was commander, according if you, you look it up, what they say about him. According to 2 Samuel 23 and 20, 1 Chronicles 27, 5, he was of the third rotation of the army of their division they had. He ultimately, he helped David's son Solomon become king. He killed Solomon's enemies, the ones that David said, watch this one, this one, this one. He ultimately killed them, and he served as the chief of Solomon's army. He was preparing himself for the future that was coming to him. I don't know how long it's going to be before Jesus comes. But I know us in this church today, we need to start preparing ourselves for what's coming. Because I'll just be honest with you. This is the core of our church right here. This is the core of our church. It's been bigger this in times before. But today, where we stand today, this is the core of our church. And we need to do what we can to prepare ourselves to lead this church to the next place. We need to be the leaders of the saints and be the example of the end time saints. But we got to prepare ourselves for that time. So, we see how Benaiah ended up in this place by these three things that he done in these two scriptures that we need to do. Number one, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. In this, we can look at the Moab, Moabites as a representation of our flesh. 
because they were a product of fleshly acts of Lot's daughters. They wouldn't even be on this earth if it hadn't been for Lot's daughters. I just talked about them Mother's Day, about Lot. But they uh, let their flesh get the better part of them. And what did they do? They, they created a problem. Their flesh rose up and created a problem. So I believe these Mo, uh, this Moab, uh, these lion-like men of Moab are a representation of our flesh. And the first thing, if, if we're going to be able to be this end-time saint that God wants us to be, we've got to get rid of our flesh. We've got to be willing to do something with our flesh and get rid of it. And we're living in a time right now when our flesh is an issue because there's all kinds of things out there to distract us that pleases our flesh. There's all kinds of entertainment, whether it be movies, whether it be... Uh, um, whether it be the, the internet, whether it be the news, the uh, music, I don't care what you want to, there's all kinds of things out there that, that, that's just appealing to our flesh. And we've got to be willing to rise up and kill that in our life. And then the second thing he done, it said he slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day. That's always been an intriguing uh, verse to me. To read that, and I'm like, why did he do that? Why, why even put that in there? Now, the Bible doesn't put nothing in there that he doesn't have a purpose for it. And I heard Brother Darren Sargent talking about this, and I think it makes a lot of sense. During this time, these lions would uh, uh, go and attack and kill the animals and people and, and just wreak havoc on, on all kinds of the, uh, the people around there. But when he seen that, that lion... In a pit on that snowy day, he knew if he didn't take care of this lion, it would kill something later in his life. So while he seen him in that cold, dark spot that nobody else could see it, he said, I'm going to deal with it now while it's under the surface before it comes to the surface. And if we're going to be the end time saint that we need to be, we all need to be looking inside of ourselves at the cold, dark pits of our life because we've all got them. And we need to deal with that lion that's on the inside of us and take care of that thing and get rid of it while it's still under the surface. Because if we're not careful, it's going to jump out of that pit in a time when we don't want it to. And how many times have you had had something that some something that you've had buried beneath the surface that something uh, happens and all of a sudden it comes out like a lion and you step back and you think, my God, where'd that come from? Well, if we took care of it while it was still under the surface, we wouldn't have to deal with it. And in this end time right now, what we need to do is we need to take care of some things that are beneath the surface in the cold, dark pits of our life. And the last thing we see that, that he done is he slew an Egyptian man of great stature. He slew something that was a representation of where God had brought Israel from. God brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of bondage 
And if we're going to be the successful end-time saint that we need to do, there are some giants in our past that we need to slay. And we may look at them and think, oh, they're so big. I mean, when, when you look at this, he said it was five cubits. Well, you're looking 15 feet tall, maybe. There's some giants in our past that look so big. But if we're going to be the end time saint that we need to be, we can't be letting the past get a hold of us. We're going to have, we're going to, have to kill some giants in our past. We've got, if, if we're going to become the end time saint we need to be, we've got to get control of the flesh. We've got to get that stuff that's under the surface and kill it. And we've got to deal with that stuff from our past, even if it's a big old giant, and get it taken care of. Because every one of us has got some giants in our past. If you're not careful, they're going to come back and haunt us, right? But that scripture that's amazing of what he done with this. Slew an Egyptian man of great stature, five cubits high, and the, in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam. I don't know what that is, but it sounds big. But he went down with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and then slew him with his own spear. And this is what we need to do with our past. Our past looks like it's going to destroy us, but we need to take the weapons that God has given us and take that thing, uh, take the weapon that it thought it was going to kill us with and use our past to deliver us in our future. So, this is just the intro to, to this end time saying, I'm going to tell you, it's us. Uh, and we've, we've got to get busy. We've got to do what we can because the scriptures I opened up with, the Lord's not slack concerning his promise. Some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering towards us, usward. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance. But he does tie that on there. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. He's coming, and we've got to be ready. We've got to be an end-time saint. Oh, God, help me to be an end-time saint. Help me to destroy some fleshly things. Help me to take care of that stuff that's buried beneath the surface. God, let me overcome them giants of my past. I, I'm done today. I know we've been praying already and we've talked to the Lord some, but I wonder if we could close this out tonight with a time of prayer. I don't know about you, but I want to see our church grow. If it is to be done, it's going to have to be up to us. Amen. Let's be the end time saint that God wants us to be. So let's spend some time speaking to the Lord. And let's ask him. And, and, and I want you to, I want you to dig at yourself. I want you to, let's get our flesh under control. Let's take care of that stuff that's under the surface that nobody can see. If, because you're not careful, somebody's going to see it. It's going to jump out of that pit. It's going to attack somebody. Remember the scripture says, he's like a roaring lion. Peter said this, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
But let's also not forget that he is the, we have the line of the tribe of Judah on our side. And he can help us overcome this. So let's get the flesh under control. Let's take care of that stuff under the surface. And let's destroy that past that's trying to destroy us. And let's rise up in this end time. And let's be an end time saint. Let's be more concerned about eternity. Let's be steadfast, unmovable. Let's talk to the Lord for a few minutes tonight.